What is it about toxic relationships that cut us to the quick and why is it sometimes so hard to come to terms with, let alone move on from that toxic situation? I mean, let's be honest, this experience can come from anywhere. It is not limited to partners, spouses or exes for that matter. This experience can come from within family, those who we are supposed to be closest to, who are supposed to be part of the unit and bond that you are born into, or friends who you have trusted with your deepest, most vulnerable and intimate secrets, only to be betrayed and perhaps even threatened. It can take a long time to get over, let alone come to terms with what a toxic relationship can and sometimes does. Welcome back to Real and Unrefined, where, having decided on a different future for ourselves, you and I examine the changes that we want and need to make to move forward, to transform and really live with the intention of having the life that we dream of. So what is a toxic relationship? There is a part of me that wants to say to define that is a matter of perspective. You see, if you are the one being toxic, then in your mind, you believe that what you are doing is appropriate. That does not make it right, however, let alone appropriate. It has taken many, many years to understand that much of my responses to life and situations have been the result of lessons and messages received growing up, you know, in a totally dysfunctional family, physically and emotionally, mentally abusive alcoholic father, abandoned as children by a mother, and absolutely no guidance on how to behave or communicate in a positive and constructive way. And again, I think it's important to say this. I believe that they were acting as best as they could, given the information and the experiences that they had available to them at the time. And hurt people tend to hurt others, rightly or wrongly. I'm not saying it is the right thing, but also they are human. Hurt people hurt. When I became a parent, I had only my instinct and magazines to teach me what I needed to do to look after my baby. The point that I'm making here is that much of what we do and how we respond to situations has a lot to do with um, how we got there in the first place. Up until very recently, I bounced from one toxic relationship or experience to another. That was what I knew. That was my norm. I seemed to attract or perhaps be attracted to broken pieces that I felt I needed to try and fix. And I have no doubt the experts would have something to say about that. But this is not what we're about in this space. It was normal for me to try and fix something so that there would be peace. And it took me a long time to realize that that was never my job. And it is not your job to try and fix someone else's angst. And that can take a long time to recognize, especially without feeling guilty. So whether you're on the end of or being the one delivering the toxic experience. The messages that we receive can influence how we interact with the people we come into contact with as we go through life. And this is in some ways where I think there can be conflict. You see, 
I absolutely believe that we interpret things as we are and not as they truly are. So if we are broken, we only see broken things that need fixing. If we are angry, we interpret what is said to us in a way that requires us to be on guard and defensive. Imagine this. You are in a great mood and in a happy place when you receive a text that says, Hey you, what the hell have you been up to? Innocent enough, and as you're in a good place, your interpretation of this is one of jocularity. Conversely, you're angry, stressed, uptight, tense, and the same message comes through. This time, however, what you read is an attack. And though you don't know why, you are immediately on the defensive and on guard. So we can be drawn to how we see things. And when you're in the midst of a toxic relationship, it can feel like a very lonely place to be. You see, the problem is you still care deeply. And if you want to try and find a way through what might feel like a difficult patch, then you'll do it. The loneliness, it might feel as if you're in a large room, great walls, and you're the only one in there. And all you can hear are your thoughts. Or it could feel a bit like being caged in a bird cage, but the bars that constrain you are clear and invisible to the outside world. The toxic relationship has you on guard. You watch what is being said, how it could be interpreted. You do your best to appease and avoid anything that might bring about disapproval or anger. You might be ignored, not consulted on matters that involve you, decisions made for you. A toxic situation could mean that you are being used as a scapegoat to cover your partner, sibling or whoever else's true response might be to something. What I'm getting at here is, say for example, your partner at the time or sibling, if it's a family member, says that they can't do something because it is you that is holding them back from going to that event or whatever it might be. Meanwhile, you have absolutely no idea that this is going on in the background. All you know is that for some reason people are pissed at you and they won't say why. When thinking about this, I came across something that quite frankly blew my mind. And in a way it made sense to me. A different version of you exists in the minds of everyone who knows you. Now that has been my experience and I can tell you that there have been times when I've thought, where the hell did that come from? Or, who is this person you seem to think I am? that is not me. Why are you trying to make that person me? A different version of you exists in the minds of everyone who knows you. This was a general theme taken from a 1926 book written by Italian writer Luigi Pirandello. One, no one, and 100,000. In this story, the central character, Vitangelo Moscarda, is unsettled when what he believed of himself turns out to be completely different to how other people see and experience him. No one really knows him in the way he thought they did. People create a version of you in their heads as they interpret you to be. And this is in itself, in itself rather, based on how they interpret the world. Think about it. You are someone different to your mother, father, siblings, friends, boss, team, neighbors, 
the person you pass in the street. There are a thousand different versions of yourself out there in people's minds. And if they are angry, passive-aggressive, stuck in being a victim, looking for a way to pass responsibility or even defensive all the time, then they project that onto you. And you being someone who either wants to fix things or who has made a promise you want to keep, there comes a point at which we have to say, enough, we only have ourselves. So when it comes to toxic relationships, I think it becomes important to almost recognize that we're in a hiding to nothing when we can try to, when we want to try and change how people see us and therefore how we are treated. You can't do it for them. And here's something else. Perhaps when we're in a situation that is wrong for us, it was always going to be toxic. Oil and water do not mix, but put each of those with compounds that work for them, then there is harmony. It has to come from them, no matter how badly we want it to be otherwise. It would be all too easy to blame ourselves for someone else's behavior towards us. There is kind of something a bit aggressive and unkind, I think, about that. And all that does is pass that responsibility for our happiness and peace into the hands of someone else. If we want to move forward with our lives, rather than waiting around for something that may or may not happen, maybe there is wisdom in taking the situation into our own hands and realizing that by allowing others to treat us in a way that brings us down only encourages what is at heart the most toxic relationship of all, the one we have with ourselves. Know this, when you look in the mirror and love, trust and value yourself, you will not allow anyone else to treat you any less. And there is a quiet strength, dignity and certainty that comes with that. You no longer need to explain yourself or justify yourself to the one you seek or who seeks to bring you down. To love ourselves as we want to be loved and to create the life we want and know we deserve, we need to take responsibility for how we are treated. You and me, that's it, you know, it's down to us. To move on from those who have hurt us, and that might include ourselves, I think we can become free by forgiving, whether it has been asked for or not. You see, forgiveness does not condone what has happened. Rather, it acknowledges that we cannot change the past and therefore have chosen to release it to make space, you know, for a clearer future. You see, staying angry or hurt implies that you are able to go back and change what happened. You can't, so let it go. It has no place in your future. You and I, we have a different path now, one that frees us from all that held us back before. And even though it might seem scary, it is a lot less frightening than where we might have been had we stayed where we were. Leave it behind. There is a different path ahead. Until next time, my friend, always real and unrefined. Do follow and subscribe to the podcast if you would like to continue to hear more. And I also wanted to let you know that I love picking up your messages, hearing your thoughts, responses, and what you want to talk about next. And so on that note, next time we'll talk about being the authentic self, being true to yourself.
Until next time.